Today on the Tough Juice podcast, I had the privilege of interviewing Christine Leahy, and we talked about so many things. I think that it's such so many layers to her story on how she came up, how she really got her first breakthrough in television, and ultimately the LeVar Ball discussion and all those things. I think that there's so many layers to her that needs to be discovered and talked about, and we dove right into it. Be sure to subscribe to the Tough Juice podcast on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your pods. know I'm a fan of wine. Because we was talking about it. Oh, okay. you have a I don't have husband ears. I listen. I know. Thank you for listening to me. Mm. That's good. Thank you. No, it's like word on the street now is that I love wine. And ever because I post a lot about wine and they uh, they've started saying like if I have a problem and no, <laughs> I know because I'm when I'm on vacation, I'm always like going to vineyards and tasting wine. And they're like, Christine, you should probably not tell everyone how much you drink. But it's not like I'm drinking that much. Yeah. I'm just like if I'm on vacation, I Glass go to a vineyard. Here. I want to drink. Oh, that's right. We talked about your your place in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So then I get home from Italy and I come home to I'm not kidding you boxes and boxes of rosé. Like all these different companies cuz they yourself. heard they heard that I liked wine. You see that? So I get all these boxes of wine. I'm like, "Oh god, I look horrible right now." So I got to rewind. So you Midwest girl from Chicago, correct? Yeah. All right. So how was your life growing up like in the beginning, the beginning stages? In the beginning, so my my dad actually grew up right outside of New York. He's six five. He played basketball, so he would always play like in the city of New York. And then when they moved to Chicago, my mom worked in a juvenile delinquent center. So yeah, so oh, wow, that's deep. Yeah, so my dad was like coaching AAU, and my mom was working there. So I feel like I just kind of got immersed in a lot of diversity when I was in Chicago, which in some pockets of Chicago you don't. Um, so that was definitely a part of my upbringing that I love. Um, but it was otherwise, yeah, I moved to the suburbs. My mom and dad were together. I have two little brothers. I tried to play sports, but my dad was my coach. I think I didn't really <laughs> want to play for him. So I, I didn't really go into that. My brothers did, they were athletic. I was a cheerleader and I sang. Yeah. So you always talked about that. Is that something that you always loved doing, though? Singing? Yeah, singing and playing sports. I didn't love playing sports, no. I would be, like, out in right field making dandelion necklaces. Really? No so you just not interested? No. I scored my first basket, I think, for the other team. It happens. It happens. It does, right? I was like, wow, no one's guarding me. This is awesome. I'm going to score, and it's so easy. And my dad was so humiliated that I was this child. I was really tall, too. I was like 5'10". So early you had, you had good size. Yeah. So now everyone asks what sports I play, and I feel like I'm letting them down. But I did just make it into my high school's Athletic Hall of Fame. Oh, congrats. Just, Cheers just, again to Thank that. you. But not as, not as a, an athlete. It's just for my job, which I'll take it. And I think my dad's proud. Well, you're really good at your job. So did you ever thank see you. yourself on television at a young age? Yeah. I, well, you know what I thought I was going to be was Britney Spears. Oh, really? I did. You did say singing and dancing. Yeah, I I would do a voice. I thought I was going to be Tupac, just put that out Don't there. we all? Yeah, yeah. I well, thought I, I, I thought I could rap, but I couldn't. I, I loved cool, Coolio was my first album I ever Gangsta bought. Gangster Paradise. Gangster Paradise. Look at you. My very first album. I was so excited. My parents watched the movie. They wouldn't let me watch it. Dangerous Minds. So I would go to school, and I was so excited to go home and listen to my Coolio album. But then it was explicit lyrics, and my brothers are younger, so they wouldn't let me listen to it for a while. I had to go in my room. So when did they let you, like, kind of cross over? Because you say you grew up in different pockets of Chicago. Yeah. And we know that 
Chicago different. is rough. Yeah, different. Now, it wasn't so... It, there's different parts of Chicago that were rough, but I went to uh, performing arts school in the city. I'd walk through Cabrini Green by myself yeah, to go to school. That's different. It's different. It's not... It's not like that. Cabrini Green's gone in mm, Chicago, tore it down. but there's it's it's dangerous in Chicago right now. Everywhere. Yeah. So did that give you like the the balance? Because I feel like uh, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. I feel like when you're in front of people, like like real people, mm-hmm. like myself and various other people, it's a short list of people that I've seen you in front of, and I'm like, damn. They put their guard down around her. Yeah. For a reason. Is it any reason why? Is it a method to that? There's definitely a method to it. Uh, I just, I think, I grew up, the Midwest is so unique. I think you're just real. There's no choice but to be real. On the East Coast and the West Coast, East Coast, everyone's like hustle, hustle, hustle. West Coast, it's there's a lot of celebrity and Hollywood, all that kind of stuff, which is a place for that. It just was never me. So I always really wanted to be authentic. And I think people appreciate that, especially athletes, because there's so many shows right now that, it's just hot takes or whatever I can say to get a headline or to make ratings, which I get. I understand that's money, but it was just never me. I never wanted to do that. And so I think when athletes come on my show, they know that I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I'm yeah. not trying to goad you into saying something stupid. If you if you say something stupid, that's that's on you. But they just feel comfortable opening up to me because I'm just normal, I think. Yeah. Have you always been like that? Because I know yeah. you got your start in like the digital space, right? Long time ago. I worked for the Celtics okay. and I worked for WEI in Boston when I first started. Um, then I went to TV in LA for CBS KCAL. Then I started doing American Ninja Warrior. Um, I did Which a little is one of Turner. My shows, yeah? The, yeah, American Ninja Warrior. I told you that. You want to compete? Yeah, absolutely. I know some not. people if you want to. Absolutely not. Okay. But I just like watching it. And I think you do a remarkable job because you remember all the people. Yeah. Old, new, fresh. Like, isn't that yeah. tough? It's, so here's something. I, I don't do the show anymore. Um, we would shoot from 4 p.m. That was my call time. And I would usually wrap around 7 a.m. And you only see on the show, it's, it's two hours per episode. And you probably would see me interview five people. We ran 120 people in a night. And I would interview about 75 of them. Yeah, from 4 p.m. until 7 a.m. So it was actually the hardest job I've ever had. But yes, I, I do remember them. So, so I would get on the plane. I would shoot. I, most of the time I was on the herd with Colin. I would yeah. shoot that, which was 6.30 a.m. I would get there and I would leave around 12.30 or 1. Get on a plane, on the plane, study all 120 people that were going to be on the show and then go shoot that for two nights and then go back. You have a photographic memory or something? Like no. How do you retain all that information? You don't. You just, I would, I would highlight the parts that I knew I needed to, I knew, I know what it takes to interview. So I would pick out certain parts of their one sheets that I knew would mean it would be a good interview, a good interview question, like something that would make them cry or something that would hit home <laughs> with them. I know that's kind of my job to make people cry. Yeah. In, in a good way. That's an art. Yeah, so I would just highlight certain things, like two or three things per person, so then when they were on the course, I could just flip to that page really quickly. I would remember, because I had those things highlighted, go out and do the interview and come back. So where does that discipline come from? So it has to start early, because... It's a great question. This is weird, by the way, you interviewing me. Yeah, that's what it's about. Like, (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm a fan. I I, I really am. I'm a friend and a fan. I I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, 
That drive started from when I was little. My my parents worked for everything they had. They were broke. Um, living in Chicago, they told me stories of how they would literally count their coin jar just to pay for stuff. And their parents didn't pay for college. Um, my grandmother was putting like ketchup on spaghetti, which is funny because I think a lot of people think that I had this really privileged life growing up. And I did eventually. My parents did very well for themselves, but not in the beginning. So I always saw them working like that. I had a job when I was 15 years old. Doing what? Oh, it was the best. It was called My Secret Garden. <laughs> it was this little place where girls would go for their birthday parties oh, wow. and they would have dresses that people donated from like proms or weddings and then the girls would dress up and we'd have little tea parties for them. Did that help you in the interview process? Because I feel like so many people on the public stage, they take jobs where they have to interact with people. Yeah. And I've been a franchise owner, I've been in that space, and I'm like, look, don't come in and put an application in if you don't like people. Totally. If you can't deal with people. So what, did that help you deal yeah. with people? Yeah, and that's why, yeah, there's a lot of people on TV, to be honest with you, who don't like people. Yeah. And so, but it works because they don't have to talk to people. I love, I love people, I love learning about people, and I think where that really started was in college because I worked really hard. My parents told me that I had to pay for part of my college if I wanted to go to a private school. Oh, wow, so they held you accountable to that. Oh, yeah, I had to pay for part of college. And I went to BU, and I knew I wanted, I could have, they gave me an amount of money that they would pay for my college, so I could have done that. I had scholarship offers to other places, but I decided to go to BU, which is like $52,000 a year, it's insane. But I knew it was great for sports broadcasting, so I did it, and I wound up having to pay. So I bartended in college, and that is where I put up with, I got tough, because bartending in Boston is tough, there were athletes that would come in all the time, so I started to kind of get to know how they are in a different setting. Um, and I would talk to people all day. So if I was working like a lunch shift, there would be guys that would come in for lunch or women too, and I would just have conversations with them. So bringing you that, to that, like while you was bartending, you, you was able to deal with a tough audience. Yeah. Like did that prepare you for, you know, one of your breakthroughs? Like what was your breakthrough and then did that prepare you for the tough audience that you had to deal with? Yeah, I had really thick skin. I think I've always had thick skin, though. That's from my parents. Um, but that, that made me even tougher, because the things that guys say when you're bartending, it's like they just think you're an object back there and like that I'm not an actual person. Like what? I would have guys come in who were older than my dad, <laughs> rings on their finger, hitting on me, like they, but in disgusting ways. Like, it really gross things that they would say, and it's just like, ew, dude, what makes <laughs> you think... First of all, that I'm interested in you, like not no chance, Pause. just because I'm giving yeah, just because I'm giving you a beer, it means you're paying me. I'm not. There's nothing yeah, else. It's my job. Yeah. So, or if I have a conversation with someone, it's, yeah, weird stuff. But um, yeah, that's where I got my tough skin. And then you said, when is my breakthrough? Yeah. I feel like I've had a few, to be honest. And it's weird because did you ever have a moment in your career where you're like, okay, I made it? Yes. What was it? Oprah. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I went on the Oprah show. With Kanye West, might I add. Okay, yeah, you made and it. And how did your biggest disaster or your biggest uh, moment of adversity turn you into who you are today? And yeah. I felt like to be on that platform with Oprah to tell that story, and this was when Oprah was like, she's still Oprah, but it was just like one of those moments, like my grandmama, everybody came out. It was just a special time. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. I love Oprah. I want to be the, fe the, not the female Oprah, the new Oprah. <laughs> yeah. The new Oprah. That's, That's crazy. What I want. Yeah. So, is that someone that you modeled your, no. your whole situation after, or who? I didn't model myself after anyone. I, I hate that I even say that, but I just there was nobody I could point to and say that's what I want to do. 
I think also in sports, there are not very many women who are at the top. Um, and I always wanted to be at the top. I'm extremely competitive. Um, and I knew I, I never, my first job offer was from ESPN. I turned it down. Why? I didn't want to live in Bristol and work in a basement. <laughs> I didn't. And I knew that that wasn't right for me. I knew I, that I didn't, I never wanted to host Sports Center, ever. That's just not my thing. So I always kind of moved my career in ways where I could get to where I had more control over it and where I could be really creative. So my show now is, I mean, it's not the end game for me, but it's its a step towards that and more of a talk show environment. Why is this so tough for women in this space? There's feel? not many of us, honestly. It, it's a combination of there are still, unfortunately, a lot of men who watch sports television and think, well, how can she possibly talk about this because she didn't play sports or she she never was in the NBA. And that's bullshit because there's so many men who are on TV who are doing a great job who also never played. Mm -hmm. So who cares? Um, and then there's just misogyny, too. I'm not saying everybody is. I have a lot of really great male fans, and I love it. Um, but then there's also just not very many women in positions of power in the executive positions at sports networks, so they're not really working to make sure that women feel included. I think when women have babies in sports TV, they're often pushed out, unfortunately. Um, women start to look older, and there there is definitely a sense. I think it's getting a little bit better, but it would be in sports television that women we're just like, she's the hot one on TV that shows up at halftime to give a quick interview and is the eye candy. And so when you lose that hotness, you're done. So you have to have more substance to you. So what are you doing to you know, kind of change that narrative and move the needle in a different direction? So I don't, I, I produce my show. I'm the executive producer of my show. So for me, that, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank salute, you, I'm very salute. proud that's, of that. That's major, yeah. that's major. I yeah. didn't know that. Mm -hmm. You didn't know that? Mm -mm. Yeah. I knew you had a lot of... Uh, Say? Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know you was moving like that. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. That's major. I, I decided when I knew I was going to have my own show um, on FS1 that I really wanted to do something different. I just, I didn't want to do the hot takes, and that's nothing against them. There's a place for it. It's successful. I just knew it wasn't me, and I always thought that I'm best on TV when I'm really authentic and just me, so I wanted to do something like that. Um, so yeah, I produce my show, we put the staff together, and I always try to make sure I have projects going on that are behind the scenes as well as in front of the camera so that if for some reason I am pushed out eventually <laughs> from being on camera, which I hope I'm not, that I still have the rest of that to go back on. So what is the key to like longevity in this space? I wish I knew. I think it's changing. I think um, digital is a lot more important right now than traditional TV. Um, for me, when my show, I shouldn't say this, but when my show started, I cared more about my YouTube numbers than my ratings. Because to me, the people who are buying and consuming are younger. And I want those people watching my show because that's gonna turn into advertising dollars, right? So if I had the younger audience on YouTube watching, that was good to me. And that also means that they appreciate what I'm doing which I think is kind of a turn as well. And why I wanted to do this kind of show is I would talk to people my age and, and I have two younger brothers, I would talk to their friends and they were sick of the way sports TV was going and they just felt like a lot of it was fake. So I think when my YouTube numbers show that I have a lot of viewers, it means that they appreciate that it's authentic. How do you like still resonate with, like you said, the young consumer mm -hmm. and still be able to be that carrot for them to follow? 
Like, I think that's a like an interesting thing because it changes every probably two or three years where you kind of can lose that. But I feel like you still stay super current. And I'm always Because I'm young. You. I'm yeah. not that old. No, but I'm like, you get old quick, like, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. game, like, where it's yeah. like, I got a steady dose of her for two or three years now. All right, I, 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 you know, whatever. But you yeah. stay fresh with ideas on a show that you produce. It's about your staff, too. I, I make sure I have a lot of younger people on the staff because then they're coming, and diverse, because uh, women, men, all different cultures, that's because I, I need all those different ideas. Like, I might not know about something that's new, but at least I have a person there who can tell me about it, and then I'm open-minded to it. And consuming. I just consume a lot of media. Yeah. Did that help you a lot? Like when you was on the show with Coward? Uh, like, did that help? Like, did just sitting help? back and consuming? just consuming, like, content <laughs> uh, and information? Uh, the personalities that you no. see on the show? You know what that helped me with? It helped me really understand how much I wanted to talk. I hated sitting in the corner. Yeah. I hated it. But you had a voice. Not really. Yeah, you, you think did. so? I think I think you did because <laughs> yeah. you, you actually displayed like a strong voice. Like, yeah, I for did. instance when LeVar Ball came on. Uh-huh. And that was like something that like took headlines that just yeah. went off. Like what gave you the strength of just something that's like, you know what, I'm gonna speak on it and just say something at this time. You know what's crazy about that is I didn't even realize how big of a deal that was gonna be until an hour after it happened. Because it was just me. Like I if a guy is going to disrespect me, I'm going to stand up for myself. I did it in a very respectful way. Yeah. Um, I just was like, why, why wouldn't you answer me? Why aren't you going to look at me? You know, that's not very nice to come on a show and not, not address me. I, it just was natural. I, I, my parents raised me to stand up for myself, too. But it, it's not in an in a aggressive way. It was just I'm not going to let anyone take advantage of me, disrespect me. So it just, it just seemed natural. Um, and I'm educated on the topics that I'm talking about. So whenever on the herd I would talk, I, I didn't get to talk a lot. So when I did talk, I made sure that it was meaningful yeah. and powerful. Um, but yeah, what happened with LeVar, I, I didn't realize that was going to be such a thing until an hour later when the internet blew up. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that was, honestly, for me, just watching from afar, I felt like that was the turning point for you. Yeah, it's so weird because a lot of people say that and I don't do a single interview where I'm not asked about him. Um, it was because I think a lot, it, a lot of people heard my name that hadn't heard me before. I honestly hate that it was attached to that. Yeah. Um, because I, I still haven't talked about everything that happened. It was a very, 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 very ugly time of my life that goes deeper than anyone could have even imagined. Um, I had actually had surgery a couple days before. I wasn't supposed to be working. And I was sitting on set, like, in so much pain, recovering from it, and it made it worse. Um, my boyfriend at the time was black. Uh-huh. I thought my kids were going to be black. It devastated me that they would ever have to read online any of the comments that said that their mother was racist. Oh, wow. Be- like, that just killed me because... For anyone to even think that, it was just like, if you know me, you, you know that that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. So for my kids, um, my future kids, who I, what I thought at the time would be, I, it, that killed me. And then um, my parents and my family, they got death threats really bad, really bad death threats. And I'm not trying to play because then everyone oh, said no, I was no, playing cr- the victim no, too, but it's, it is real. And, you know, we, we did get a lot of death threats to the point where I had to have security with me. They, they determined I had to have security with me 
um, which was really sad for me too because then then I'm getting called the victim and but then I don't want to be the victim but I also had to protect myself but more so my family like the messages that my my brothers were getting were some of the most disgusting things I've ever seen so that just because I signed up for it you know they didn't sign up for this so that killed me um, and then just having to navigate that at Fox was really hard because not everybody agreed with that. that. You yeah. know, there were a lot of people who thought that, I mean, and what Charlemagne said about me was, again, just devastating. What he, he, he compared me to the Emmett Till situation. Oh, wow. Which is like, really? Like, I, he, that I'm the reason that innocent black men are being murdered. And it, it was just like, really? Really? That's deep. <laughs> you know, it, it just, it was a really, it was a tough, tough thing to navigate. Um, and it comes up a lot. He, then the t-shirt thing, and I, I tried to turn that into a, I always tried to take the high road. I turned it into a positive and had people, because they were saying, I'll, I'll buy you a Stay In Your Lane t-shirt. And instead I said, don't buy me a t-shirt, but donate to Girls Inc. Let's donate to women, all yeah. races, and just kind of try to make this a positive thing. So it was a lot that I had to go through behind the scenes too that, that no one knew because I didn't want to make a bigger deal out of it than it was. Yeah. Who was most supportive in that time? That hard, huh? Yeah, oh God, it was, <laughs> I, yeah. I was alone in a hotel by myself for a week that week. Um, yeah, because it was that bad. Who was there for me? My my family. Um, yeah. There were a lot of nights that I would just cry on the phone with them with a security guard outside of my door, um, armed. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I had to go get, this is TMI, but I was in Cleveland, we're shooting Ninja Warrior, I had to go get tampons, and they wouldn't let me walk by myself, so I had to have a male cop walk me to go get tampons. Wow. Yeah, and go with me in CBS. And I don't want to say this like for anyone to feel bad for me. It's not that. It's just this was a part of my story. And so whenever anyone says, like, oh, this was your breakthrough, it, it was, but at the same time, it, it's not easy. And I don't want anyone to think that this is an easy thing to do or an easy rise. It's just that this is the reality of what happened. Yeah, but you was informed enough to, you know, talk, about anything or make any statement that you felt yeah. close to your heart. Yeah, or about LeVar and the uh, or any Or brand. anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. To, yeah. And what I said was, uh, I think that it was that he, his the big baller brand wasn't doing well. Yeah. And I said on one Which of the it shows, wasn't. it wasn't. Yeah. And it's <laughs> not. I, I, I say things about everything. I just say what I think and, and I have an informed opinion on it. It's not disrespect, it's just this is what it is. Yeah. Um, and I think anyone who knows me or who has seen me on TV knows that I'm not saying shit just to say it. Yeah. So Big Baller Brand was struggling and I just said, hey, I think it'd be really important for them if they want to succeed to also market to women. Because if you look at Nike, and, and I think they weren't getting bought by Nike and Adidas and they wanted to. Yeah. And I said, if you look at Nike and Adidas, a lot of their merchandise is geared to women. And those are also like the moms who are watching at home who are going to buy stuff for their kids. That's all I said. Um, and then there was, I think, a time where Lonzo came on and he wasn't allowed to speak. So I just said, it'd be great to hear from Lonzo. I would love for Lonzo to speak, but it feels like he doesn't want to speak when LeVar is there. So apparently that was very bad of me to say. Yeah, it happens. I get that sometimes too. You know, what's real cannot be threatened. Yeah, and I stand, I stand by everything I said. I, I'm usually pretty careful with my words. 
but it's never coming from a bad place. So I, I always felt okay with it. So when you left that space, because that's a large platform. The herd? Yeah. Yeah. Leaving the herd and then going to do your own thing, was you nervous at any time? No. No. None whatsoever? <laughs> no. I have this weird thing where I don't get nervous. Really? I don't know if that's where good. Does that Did come you get from? nervous playing basketball? I'm going to tell you. So I, I used to get anxiety every time I stepped on the basketball court before a game. Mm-hmm. Like, And I thought it was a good feeling in the prime of my career, you know, early stages. And once I stopped getting that feeling, I knew it was time for me to retire. Oh, no. Oh, is it time for me to retire? No, I just wasn't, <laughs> I just wasn't like, in that, in the moment of everything yeah. no more. And I was just like, I think. It becomes a job. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's not the word. For, <sighs> Nervous would mean afraid to fail. I always don't want to fail, but I believe in myself enough that I know I won't. So, and I don't think that my energy is best spent worrying. I think that's just a waste of energy. So I'd rather direct that towards, okay, how do I win and succeed? So I don't think I was nervous. It was more of like, okay, this is a challenge. I know I can do it. It's going to be really hard, um, but I'm going to do the best that I possibly can. And I believe in it. Yeah. What's some of the best advice someone's given you? you know, in life or in this business Mm -hmm. that's just really paid off dividends? That's good. The best advice I've ever been given. That's a great question. I haven't gotten a lot of advice. (laughs) It's it's weird. It's, it's, uh, this business is not really one for mentorship. That's for real. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So, from very early on, it was not a mentorship sort of thing. I wish I had one, but um, I think what I would say is over the years, the the advice that I've collected or what I've learned that I would say is good advice is to stick to your gut, trust yourself, but also make sure you're listening to other people whose opinions you respect. If you take in everyone's opinions, you're going to go crazy. And there's only a few people really who you should trust in life. And those people listen to them, but otherwise stick to what you what you think. So, do you follow the wave or do you create it? I don't follow the wave. No, I create the wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would go crazy if I just followed. That's that's deep. Yeah, for a second I thought, okay, this would be. I was in a place where my schedule day to day was really good, and I knew I could be there for a long time and make a good amount of money. But I was so bored, and I could be a mom. I knew with that schedule I could be a really good mom and a schedule that would allow me to be, not that you have to be at home to be a good mom, but the way I wanted to be a mom. I would have enough time to be with them a lot and not travel. Hands on. Um, But I couldn't couldn't do it. I just wasn't challenged. I needed to keep going. Yeah. So is that something in the near future? No, that's what happened with this show. Yeah. <laughs> I needed, that's your baby? I needed. No, I'm saying. Yeah, this is my baby. Oh, oh, like actual yeah, children? Yeah. I would love, to, I want children. Yeah. yeah. I'm 33. Yeah. So. So you want children soon or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah real soon? I mean, soon. <laughs> I'm not pregnant. Oh, okay. I know. I'm, just <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm no. drinking wine. No, I'm not pregnant. I know you're not pregnant, but <laughs> oh look, so we had a, we, yeah, it's hot in here. Let <laughs> okay. me have a drink All too. Right. So we had a, we had a female guest on. And, you know. Do I know her? Absolutely. Okay. And she said that in the space that she's in, she's always receiving mail, letters from oh, yeah. all type of individuals. Yeah. Inmates. Yeah. Everything. Oh, yeah. I've gotten the inmate letters. Do you sure. read them? No. 
No? No. Why not? Because those things, they come in the craziest envelopes <laughs> with, like, the jail stickers. I don't want that. Um, yeah, it just, that's not, that, that's not energy I need to, I'm very protective of my energy. So I don't like to allow things in that'll mess with that. Disturb it. Yeah. yeah. So what do you allow in your energy or in your bubble? Good people. People who respect and love me and who I love and respect back. Um, obviously I have to include some people who don't fall in those categories just on a day-to-day -day basis, but I'm really careful Business. about it. Yeah, it's business. Yeah. And and there's a way to operate with that too. But if you're really getting to me, I, I love you and I, I trust you. So is it anyone that you had on your show or you interviewed in the past or most recent present that you had this perception about and then they just like completely Totally. Totally. And I feel bad because I get asked that question a lot too. And I've interviewed 237 people in the last year. So everything... Here's a secret, and I feel really bad about this. I prepare so hard for every interview, and I will know everything about my guest. And then as soon as I'm done, it's gone. It has to be, because yeah. that's the only way that I can take in all the information for the next guest. So I forget pretty quickly. So you're a walking computer. Like, you drop Kinda. box it, and then you delete it. Kind of, but I have to. <laughs> I wish I didn't, because... But, but the truth is, and that should say, I'm so invested in the interviews that I do. You know, you've been there. Like, I... I really want to know who you are. And so I, I give everything to that interview. So there's no way for me to keep other stuff in my head if I'm going to give my time to them and the interview to them. Gotcha. So, but yes, there have definitely been people who I was like, oh, this will be whatever. And it was amazing. I know you're going to ask me who, and I can't remember. But I could if I Craziest interview you ever done. <laughs> oh, gosh, I did one the other day. <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad. I did one the other day. I won't even put you on the spot because I was put on the spot with the Larry Bird thing. Yeah, that's true. You owe me uh, one. You owe yeah. me one. <laughs> there was a person that came on the show, I am not going to give you the name, who was um, not with it, we'll say, while I was interviewing them. And I was not able to... There was, there was no clear path. It was uh, all over the place. Yeah. And I actually had to write a note to my producer during the interview and say, am I crazy or is he? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Are y'all seeing this? Yeah, and they were. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. So how do you navigate through that still? That was a hard one. And I can usually navigate through anything. But I was just sitting there like, this isn't making any sense what this person is saying. And they were, like, getting up and, like, moving around during the interview. And, like... It was, it was very bizarre. So I just kind of tried to understand, but the sentences they were putting together didn't flow. Oh, yeah, it was bad. So I, I would just be like, okay. And uh, tell me about, like, I just tried to keep going back to what we were doing, and it was, we got through it. So what is the, I think, the biggest seed that you would like to plant? Like, if anybody that's coming up trying to get into this space, or if they're watching you from afar, something that you would like them to take from you? Oh, to learn? Yeah. Um, I would say, like, like as advice, sort of, yeah. or what I want or them just, to feel. Yeah, anything. I just hope that people who watch me or who follow my career just see that I am real and, and that I am authentic. That just means the most to me. If, if I ever get somebody, you know, writing to me or coming up to me in public and they say that they, they see that I'm a good person or they can tell that I'm the same 
on the air as I am off the air, that makes my day. That's all I want uh, because that's all I really can be is myself. Um, so that, and I think for people who are coming up, th that's a good thing to stick to too because there's a lot of push right now to be something that you're not or try to get likes on Instagram and different things. And that'll work for a little bit. But at the end of the day, when you're 70 years old and you're in a rocking chair, like, can you look back at your life and say you're proud to live it? That's how I always operate. So how do you stay true to that? My circle is small. I stay close to my family and my close friends, and they always kind of keep me in check. Like my little brother who lives in L.A., if I ever am like, oh, I have to do hair and makeup, he's like, shut up, Christine. Like, I don't care. You know, they just don't care, and I, I love that. And my, my best friends are people that I've known in, since high school and college. So I just try to stay really grounded. It's hard. But that, I think that's life to me. This is all just, this is my job. It, it is who I am in a way, but it's, it's not everything. Yeah. So have you ever got out there? Because, for instance, myself, <sighs> I got out there before. What you do you mean, I mean, got out there? Yeah, you know what? My, I was, I was making this ton of money. I'm, I'm feeling myself. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was cute. <laughs> uh, Everyone and, has to have that yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has to have it. But, like, then I got checked. You How'd you my, get checked? You know, my grandmother called me and said, hey, baby, I ain't heard from you in a while, and big mama love you, just want you to know that family miss you. <laughs> I said, I was just home. Dog. Yeah. You was there, but you wasn't there. Uh-huh. If that make any sense. Yeah, I get and it. And that, that was just like a, a self-check like no other right there. Yeah. And we just want you to know we love you. And it had me, like, police myself back. a little better. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, yeah, maybe I was a little. Yeah. Feeling myself. Yeah, I think I had a little phase like that. Um, yeah, I think every listen. If you're in, if you're on camera or you're in any sort of a limelight, I think you you have to do it at some point just to get it out of your system. But then you come back. Who checked you? Who checked me? Probably <laughs> myself. Yeah, probably myself because I just was like, "This is I'm tired." <laughs> you know, I'm tired. I don't really like the energy that's around me. And I just kind of cleaned it out. It wasn't anything bad. It was just, I was going out a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going was out a lot. Scene. Yeah, I was on the scene. I was just, like, around a lot of people that I didn't need to be. I've never done a drug in my life. Do you yeah. know that? No, that's never. Yeah, I just smoke cigars and drink wine. I just learned how to smoke cigars two weeks ago, yeah. and I love it. And now that I know that, I'm going to make sure that you keep a handful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I really like it. It's yeah. very relaxing. Yeah, there's no that hill. Yeah. So, no, I never, I never went that crazy, but I was, I was definitely out. And then I just, I just realized I needed to calm down. I just, I think for me, it wasn't like a, oh, I need to experience all of this. It was just that so much had happened in my life that I had to keep a secret and keep quiet. And I just, I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go live my life right now. And I did that. And then I came back. Yeah, I think that the, the best thing for me, like you said, like keeping secrets and like I had a lot of trauma that I had to address. Exactly. And I use platforms to do it, like coming yeah. on your show, coming on various shows and even my own show. You know, yeah. just talking about those things. Do you like vent out in that way? I haven't yet, but I swear I have books in me. Oof. And they will be some good you ones. Got some series. Oh, I got a couple books that yeah. are coming. I haven't yet because and I'm not kidding. Like, some of the stuff that I will tell one day is insane. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. And I, and I don't think people would expect that from me. Yeah. You got to give me one story. I, it's so Give me an it's, intro it's to a chapter. Um, <laughs> the thing is, if I even give you the intro, it's like, whoa. It's... We ready for it. It's just... <laughs> I've, there's just been a few things that have happened in my life that have been very, very, very traumatic. And I want to be careful about the way that I say it and the way that I let people know. For me, I don't need it to heal. I've healed. It's I, I just want to do it to help other people and to show other people, like, it's not a cakewalk. Anytime someone says to me, like, oh, it's so easy, you have all this. And it's like, no, it's not. It, I'm very lucky and grateful and I work hard, but I have gone through some shit and I want people to just know that so they don't just look at celebrities or people on TV and think that it's just all great and awesome and be jealous of it because you shouldn't. I'm, I'm jealous sometimes of people who just live a, an amazing, normal life every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's crazy. Hardest thing for a woman in this industry would be what? Uh, I think the lack of male support um, which is why I'm thankful to you. You give me, you give me a ton of support. Always. Um, yeah, the, and, and you know what's crazy is I find more male support, and I know, I know it doesn't get turned into, from athletes. Um, and it's, yes, a lot of it, I'm, I'm going to be real honest, a lot of them it's like flirtation and hitting on. I'm not talking about that kind. Yeah. More athletes have been supportive and, hey, what can I do to help? Or, like, how can I put out this video or tell people about your show than my colleagues or the executives who I work for. So t that that definitely hinders women, I would say. The yeah. pay inequality is real. It's crazy. Oh, it's real, yeah. That, and just the support in general. So I actually take a lot of pride in the fact that I'm getting a lot of support from the athletes, and I know that's gonna sound like, oh, yeah, I know why they're supporting you, but it's not all like that. Um, and that means a lot because those are the ones that I'm actually interviewing and most athletes hate to be interviewed. Yeah. Let's be honest. So if they if they like what I'm doing, that, that says a lot to me. So how hard is ownership in this space and being a producer in this space? Because it, it's different from this being one of the on-stage talents. Yeah, it is. I love it. I really love it. Um, it's like my first time being a boss too, which I, but I, but not in the sense of I'm a boss. It's like- You are though. I am, but I, I take it more as a responsibility and I want to make sure that I'm making good decisions and that I'm learning and um, that I'm the people who work for the show, that I'm helping them and guiding them in a way that they need and that we're producing the best thing possible. Um, so it's hard because this was my first time. So I definitely am not perfect at it by any means, but it's just, just learning. Um, but it, it, is, it is difficult, but I love it. Yeah. I really love it. I put, it's my baby right now. <laughs> yeah, so the biggest thing for you going forward is what I know you said you touched on it. You want to do books. Yeah, I'll write books. Everything. Like, what else do you want to do? Like, what's in the near future for you? Um, I would like to produce more, and I have a couple little projects in the works with um, different companies. Just, and I don't even think I'll be on camera for most of them. Um, like little mini series types of things um, for online platforms. Producing those. Um, I would love to expand my show. Um, into something bigger. Half an hour isn't enough for me right now. <laughs> hey, you got so much great content. Yeah. You go on tour with that. I know, I know. Oh gosh, we have hours and hours and hours and hours of content. 
Um, yeah, so just expanding and producing more. Yeah, before I get to my last question, I have to ask this. Like, okay. we're talking about some of the athletes in this space, and we talked about it off camera, but I have yeah. to talk about it. Like, all males. <laughs> I didn't say all males. Hold on, I'm checking my phone because I had to ask someone permission about something. Okay, let's, um, let's make sure. Okay, go ahead. All male athletes cheat, or what's the percentage? I said probably. And this, this came also from another athlete who we both know who was on my show and said... I don't think he mind saying Okay, Gilbert name. Arenas. Gilbert Arenas. He, he straight don't, up no chill. said... Said no chill. I'll see him tomorrow. That... Um, I'm asking permission. Hold on. Um, okay. That uh, all athletes cheat. And... Or all, all guys in the NBA, at least. And so, we yeah, we just mentioned that. And I would say... At least 90, What's your percentage? 90, 95. Why so high? And, and why? Like, like really get to like the layer of, of that. Um, <laughs> oh, you wanted to talk about the psychology of it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that, and listen, I don't want to generalize because I think there are a lot of, um, <laughs> there are a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of, uh, athletes who are not like that like not every athlete's the same I look at everybody as a person I really do um and I think that the most successful people in general not only only just athletes but you have to have a certain drive in you and like a killer mentality um and not a ton of empathy if you're out on the court and you just want to kill like you don't have time to worry about people's feelings you just don't um I think athletes also have a lot of options at their disposal at all times. Um, so it's hard, and, and once you do it once, I think it's hard, to, it, it's easier to justify, you know, what you did. I think, I always say, and I've talked with athletes about this too, it's better to wait until you're retired because I think both people are looking for different things in the relationship, and then once you're retired, it's like, well, wait, oh, you're, you don't have the lifestyle I wanted anymore. Oh, hey, you don't really love me for me anymore. And I think a lot of that goes on, not always, not always. but when, when we brought that up, I, I do think, yeah. That's a, real, that's a real opinion because I feel like, for instance, it's like the double-edged sword. Like with women, like it can be a beautiful woman like, like yourself. Thank you. But you're able to police yourself. Like, for instance, when you told the story about being a bartender and you being like, like, like back off, like no cap, but like yeah. ain't nothing happening. Yeah. And I think that you have certain athletes, more than half of a percentage that able to discipline themselves in those situations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause they understand that, you know, there's consequences yeah, and also their beach is better. You exactly. know what I mean? So yeah. like it's, you know, I know that the high percentage used to be high, but I don't think it's, you think it's coming down. I really do because, and, I, and I'll tell you why, and it's, it's crazy that the world is connected through this thing of social media. Mm -hmm. And I think that in our era, it was totally different where everything was invisible or people can be captured in certain ways. But now I think that it's a share in society that, one, people don't want to cheat, mm -hmm. but two, they're scared to cheat because how it will be presented to the world. Yeah. And we've seen athletes in the more recent past get caught out there and put out there in a major way. And then when you have descendants, when you have kids and stuff like that, it's you don't tough. want them to be exposed to That's true. that introduction of you. That's true. And I, I love that way of thinking. Yeah. 
I think sometimes that doesn't always enter the mind in the moment. Yeah. Um, but it, it is true, and it's that's an unfortunate too about being in the public is that your mistakes are public. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, although I will say, I think the guys who have been exposed for that kind of thing, they're loved two days later. They Really? Yeah. That fast? Yeah. If they're out on the court doing what they need to do or the field or whatever, doing what they need to do, no one's going to be like, I don't like him anymore because I heard he cheated on his wife. So you feel like you can win the audience back over by a good performance? Yeah. You really? don't think so? No, I, I mean, I think that some people that get canceled, like in people's minds, like they're canceled forever. You know what I mean? Certain people, but I also want to be careful. Like I, it's not like I'm saying, oh, you've cheated. Like if anyone's cheated, they're a bad person or whatever. It's not my business. Yeah, it happens. You know, it happens. Everyone makes mistakes. Whatever you have in your marriage is up to you, or in your relationship, that is up to you. I don't know the rules. I don't know what you guys have agreed to. Everyone's values, morals are different. That doesn't mean that you're wrong or I'm right. Like I personally don't believe in it. Yeah. But. Yeah. And then, you know, my last thing is just, you know, with your legacy, and I think you've done a remarkable job at showing balance, um, you know, little boys and girls that watch, that want to, you know, be on television, I think you represent yourself so well. Like, what do you want your ultimate legacy to be? Thank you. Um, that I, that I am a good person, really, yeah. um, and that I've, I've lived my life authentically and real and to be kind to people. Um, I just want people to just see me. And if they can see that or that I've kind of given back or that I've helped or that I've, I've done good work. Yeah, that's really, work. yeah, thank you. That's, yeah. that's what I care about. Um, and hopefully that I can, I do, I do take being a woman in this business and a woman uh, as a producer very seriously. I think the more women we have that are in those positions, the better. I will say when I was looking for women to work on my show, it was really hard to find qualified women, and it's not because they can't be, it's because they weren't ever given the opportunities. So there aren't women at the top because they, there's just not enough that are coming in at the bottom who are earning their way up. And in order to keep women involved, unfortunately right now, you have to have women at the top who want to make sure that they're being brought in. Yeah, so do you, with you having more control with your show, like, do you make it a point of emphasis to extend yourself to like qualified women in yeah, that space? Yeah, always. Mm -hmm. I will say, like every woman who reaches out to me, asks for advice, email through anything, I will always respond. I will always help. Um, and I, on my show too, I make sure I, I want to hire diversity, and that doesn't doesn't just mean men and women. Um, but I will always hire someone who is better for the job first. But I'll make sure I'm also looking really hard to see if there's some diversity available. That's amazing. Yeah, I try. Yeah, you're killing it, though. Like, <laughs> Thank seriously, you. this, you know, from, you know, a friend, I just want to say that I'm just admired. Oh, I'm, thank I'm, you. Like, I, I admire everything that you do. Thank and, you. you know, the time that you always make and your response is always, you know, quick. Yeah. You know, when I ask you something or I need some advice on anything, you just, phew, yeah, real quick. So I respect that. Back at you. You've, yeah. you've been great. You were amazing. You came on my show and <laughs> those numbers were in the millions right away. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I really appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Appreciate you. Cheers. Thanks for coming on. Good to see you. Always.